0: Why do we even need the guns? Was the first question I asked as my supervisor went over the protocols. The room is empty, right? It's just in case anyone tries to enter or leave the room. He responded coldly. Uh, Leave? Don't worry about it. Just do as you're told and everything will be fine had been hired alongside Mark to guard an empty room in a small-town storage facility. To the best of my knowledge, it had just appeared one day out of nowhere. Since then, only three people had gone inside, all of which died within a minute. During their short visit into the room, a camera had been set up, delivering a constant live feed through which we could observe the room. Though nothing had ever been seen within... An eerie aura surrounded the place. The walls were made from an unidentified metal, and the door didn't have any obvious way of opening. It either opened when touched, or remained closed. Either way, our orders were simple. Keep people away from it. Twenty-four hours a day, each day of the year, the room was guarded by one of three teams. While the job was exceptionally boring, it paid enough to keep us from asking too many questions. We were only to contact the team leader, Dr. Henderson, if any activity was recorded within the room, be it actual movements or just sounds heard through the door. Other than that, we were left to our own devices, which meant we could mostly slack around and talk. Every now and then... We'd hear faint sounds coming from behind the door. To me, it sounded like a distorted music box playing an old tune. It was one I remembered my mother listening to as I grew up. Beyond that, I could hear someone sob quietly. The familiar yet distant sound of an old woman crying. Uh, Mark, on the other hand, swore up and down it was a young boy laughing. Though he couldn't name the boy. He too said it felt eerily familiar. Still, the cameras showed nothing. We just contacted the team leader as commanded, who always seemed utterly uninterested during his visits. Sounds again? He asked. Yeah, it's... uh," Mark tried to explain, before getting cut off. It's not important what you hear. As long as the screen remains empty. Just keep your eyes peeled. Let me know if anything changes. Years went on like that. And we stood, posted in front of that empty room. The metal door that separated us from unknown horrors remained untouched. And as far as we were concerned, nothing would ever change that. We followed orders, got paid, and that was it. It. At least, until we heard someone knock from the other side of the door. Hello. Please let me out. I don't want to be alone anymore. The voice of an elderly woman said. It sounded like the same woman I'd heard sobbing over the years. The tune of that music box kept playing in the background. Those two fat. Really reminded me of my mother, which was an impossible thought, as my mother had died years earlier. Do you hear that? I asked Mark, who seemed transfixed by the sound himself. Yeah, he responded, with barely a whisper. I'm calling the doctor. He better hear this, I said, as I redirected my attention towards the empty screen. I picked up the emergency phone and pressed 1. It prompted an alarm that immediately alerted the team leader. We'd already been through the procedure enough times to make it an unimportant event. Still, something was different. Despite the sounds we'd heard over the years, no one had ever knocked on the door. Oh, God, it can't be, I heard Mark say in the background. I turned around to find him pale as a sheet. His face was drenched in sweat. As his eyes were fixated on the screen, I took a few steps closer, just to make sure my eyes weren't deceiving us both. There was something inside the room. At first, I couldn't tell exactly what it was. It looked sort of like a deformed chair as if someone who had never seen a piece of furniture before had been instructed to put a chair together. On top of it lay a music box. Before we could discuss the thing that had appeared inside the room, Dr. Henderson entered the storage facility wearing a tired expression on his face. Report, was all he said as he greeted us. There's something inside the room. It's... uh, I tried to explain before another bout of knocking shut me up. The sound seemed to wake the doctor up a bit, though he still didn't look too concerned. He at least decided to stick around. It wasn't until he got a glimpse of the live feed before he froze dead in his tracks. No. No. He mumbled. With that, the image on the screen got replaced by static. Whatever was in the room had interfered with the feed. Just let me out. It's so cold in here. The voice said through the door. I could see the doctor getting more nervous by the second. The blood had drained from his face, and pearls of sweat had formed on his forehead. He picked up his own phone, ready to call for reinforcements. But, just like the live feed, the phone refused to work. Hey, Doc, what's going on? I asked. Mark hadn't spoken a word. He just stood there, hypnotized by the static-filled screen in front of him. "Uh, You two, stay here. I'm gonna get a cleanup crew. Our doctor stuttered. Don't open the door. Just stay here and make sure nothing gets in or out. He rushed out of the building as he continuously tried to call for help with the broken phone. Once gone, Mark and I gave each other a quick glance, before another knock redirected our attention to the door. Did you see him? Mark asked after a moment of silence. Him? What are you talking about? He nodded. It was Alexander. It was my son. Your son that went missing seven years ago? I asked, confused. I need to get him out of there, Mark said in a panic. With that, he rushed to the door and tried to figure out how to open it. Mark, wait. I shouted. He ignored me, and when he couldn't find any feasible way of opening the door, he prepared to kick it in. Stop it, I ordered, as I pointed my rifle in his direction. Please, he's trapped in there, Mark pleaded. It doesn't make any sense, Mark. Your son is dead. How could he possibly be inside that room? I can't lose him again. I just can't. His words were oddly rid of emotion, as if his words weren't his own. Mark, you're not yourself. Please, just calm down and let me deal with this. Surprisingly enough, he complied with my demand. Still, I needed to get him safely away from the door. While I didn't have anything to tie him down with, there was a closet around the corner I could lock him inside. Just take a few steps back and come with me, I said, carefully. He nodded without arguing, and I started to relax. I lowered my rifle ever so slightly and gestured for him to move away from the door. I turned around, and before I could react, he picked up a chair and threw it at my face. One of the legs hit me in the eye, and I immediately fell to the ground. As I lay there in agony, Mark took the opportunity and jumped on me. Then he swiftly hit me over the head with his own rifle. While I was in a haze, Mark tied me to the same chair he'd thrown at me. I didn't even know where he'd gotten a rope from, but I was absolutely stuck. Mark, don't do this. The doctor will be here to help any second. By then, the knocking had turned to hammering, and the pleading voice was screaming to be let out. Mark had tears streaming from his face. I knew we weren't hearing the same sounds, but I needed to get through to him. Please, I begged. Whatever is in there, it is not your son. Shut up. I need to do this. He was clearly crying, yet... His words carried no emotion. Again, he tried to open the door. That time, he merely had to touch it before it just swung open. On the other side, it only revealed a pitch-black void of darkness. For a moment, Mark just stared at the emptiness. The music box had stopped playing, and the woman begging to be let out had been silenced. I'm so sorry, he said, before something violently pulled him into the room. As he vanished, the void seemed to pour out into the rest of the storage facility. All light that had previously occupied my surroundings was eaten up by the ever expanding darkness. Once it had passed me, I felt the temperature drop to zero, muffling each and every sound in the area. ''Mark!'' I called out, still stuck to my chair. There I sat, in absolute silence, praying that the doctor would return with reinforcements. I could hardly see two feet in front of me, but there was definitely something moving around in the room. Just vague shapes emerging through the door, producing wet footsteps as they walked in my direction. I didn't dare to make a sound. Mark had vanished, and in his place, the air had filled with a sickly, metallic stench. I tried to quietly wiggle myself out from my seat, but Mark had tied me up too well. All I could do was to hold my breath as dozens of silhouettes walked past me, leaving the room. A few minutes passed and the footsteps settled down. It felt as if the creatures had left the room, but the darkness lingered. Still, it didn't move an inch before I saw the facility filled with flashlights. The doctor came running in with a dozen guards, all brandishing bizarre, heavy weapons. They quickly cleared the room, placing themselves in front of the open door that led into the void that had swallowed Mark. Oh, God. A couple of them mumbled. Dr. Henderson was the one to unite me. Dr. Henderson was the one to untie me. My wrists were raw from the struggle, but I was left otherwise unharmed. What the hell happened here? He demanded to know. It was Mark. He went into the room. With that... My boss rushed to peek inside. I followed shortly behind him. The weapons the guards held weren't typical ballistic rifles. Instead, they shot out powerful blue beams that penetrated the void, causing the darkness to retreat to the corners. Finally, he could get a glimpse of what had actually happened inside. There lay a hundred pieces of broken flesh strewn not only across the floor, but the walls and the ceiling. They defied gravity and simply covered every available surface with bloody chunks of meat. That, mixed with the clothes fragments, made it easy enough to identify the mangled corpse. It was Mark. Then I noticed something that immediately caused me to puke onto the floor. I saw a chunk of flesh containing an eye. Though it was absolutely impossible, the eye darted around the room in panic. It blinked. It even responded to light. It was alive. Another chunk contained part of his mouth. It moved around in strange directions, as if trying to scream, but being unable to. Then we saw a piece of his heart, still contracting pointlessly, and muscle fibers hopelessly trying to move limbs that weren't there anymore. Seal the room, now, the doctor ordered. But he's... he's alive, I said, still not believing it. He made a choice to go inside. Do you want to suffer the same fate? The guards closed the door without speaking a word and started putting plates of metal over it. A part of me wondered why they hadn't done that from the get-go, but I couldn't bring myself to ask any questions. Did anything leave the room? My boss asked. I just nodded. Did they touch you? No. The crew set up a perimeter with guards and cameras facing the door. But I feared the damage had already been done. Whatever existed inside that room had been far beyond the rules of our own reality. And now they were free. What are we going to do now? I finally got the guts to ask. We're going to have to kill everyone in this town.